Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah, doing all right. I've already talked on a podcast for an hour and a half. So, uh, yeah, this this should be another uh, motor mouth hour and a half for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm talking for you today. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be so sick of my own voice. We're just going to sit in the corner and just be incredibly quiet. Just Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we are doing a Frank Henlotter slash potentially, I don't know, maybe it's very loose, but uh, well, Valentine's Day, love is in the air, or maybe <laughs> not, or <laughs> maybe a lot of poor hubs in the air, I don't know, there's something in the air. <laughs> not as much romance going on in our first movie, Brain Damage, but the next episode of Frank Hooker, there's, there's some romantic underpinnings that's probably very much misguided, but... So it's there, yeah. You know, brain damage is almost kind of about like lost love in a way, so that kind of works. Yeah, yeah. Some, some heartbreak. And meanwhile, Frank and Hooker is just—it's just chaos. It's like letting a, letting a bull loose in a china shop. Um, but we'll we'll talk about Frank and Hooker on the next episode. But yeah, we're talking about brain damage. Uh, what is brain damage even about? A young man discovers a disgusting parasite has attached itself to his brainstem. He becomes addicted to the psychedelic euphoria it produces, but in return he must feed it human victims. I mean, honestly, that's you know, anytime I get a brain parasite, I have to go find human victims. It's not that not that weird, really. Okay. <laughs> All for that drug that it gives you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think we've done Frank Handler before we did uh, Basket Case. So if you're thinking, um, hey, what is, uh, you know, this seems mildly familiar. It's because, yeah, even in Brain Damage, they cast the person from Basket Case and he's carrying a basket on the subway. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, both movies, too, are interesting because they deal with drug addiction and uh, Frank Handler. Uh, he actually had a cocaine addiction himself, so, you know. Mm, he, definitely some of the lines in this movie are very much like, if you want to escape the pain, you're going to come for my juice eventually, and that is a very much just, like, on the nose about addiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which I guess you could add to, like, the third tier of this, this, these two movies' themes, but, um, yeah. Because uh, both of them kind of deal in some way with drug addiction. I think Though brain damage is a little bit more like it's more prominent, a little bit more on the nose than than Frankenhooker. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so when was the first time we all watched Brain Damage? Uh, brain Damage is one I saw for the podcast. It's one of my blind spots when it comes oh. to to these movies because uh, Frankenhooker I'd seen before uh, my friend showed it to me in the 90s but uh uh yeah this one was a new one i i've always floated around seeing it and then it just wasn't very accessible for a while mm-hmm. to see it um 
but yeah, as soon as it came up for the podcast, I was like, well, there's your there's your uh, your conduit right there. You have to see it now. Yeah, I think like I've watched both movies funny enough on Plex, which is like it's like. Hey, there's some free movies, and I'm like, ah, honestly, I, I would expect to watch these two movies for free, not to be too mean or anything, but it's like, yeah, I don't know if people necessarily should be paying money for these movies. I love them both, but yeah, it's... Actually, I think Brain Damage is also part of the Criterion Collection, which is even more bizarre, but... It's on the Criterion Channel, I don't know. Oh, okay. Sorry. That Yeah, that would be... That would... That would that's a difference, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. What about you, Taylor? Uh, I also watched it for the podcast. Although, I I would disagree that it would be bizarre for you to pay for, at least brain damage. Frankenhooker is definitely a more absurd one that I can see needing to watch on Plex or Tubi or whatever other free websites. But brain damage seems to have more of, like, a through line. Like, it's a little more of a your standard plot in terms of what happens and kind of following the character. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas Frankenhooker is just like balls to the wall. Like I, I did, I definitely had to watch it a, a second time just to get the full. Because when you go in the first time, you're like, what is even going on? I don't understand. Is I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for the Frankenhooker episode. But uh, mm-hmm. Brain Damage, yeah, I, I can see that even getting like being a part of the Criterion Collection. It's it's a weird it's a weird fun one. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. The first time I watched Brain Damage, when I, I think what I want to say it was like two years ago, um, I sometimes just put on the Shutter TV, and they just play whatever movies throughout the day, and, mm. um, I just watched it on there, and I was like, this is fun. Um, it's, it's definitely a very, uh, bizarre movie, uh, and I think with a lot of Frank Handler movies, the acting is sus at best, <laughs> but, <laughs> I actually probably think the performances of Frank Handler edge out brain damage for me. Like, some of the people in Brain Damage and the performances are just, like, was this the first, like, take on this? Because it feels like, and they were just like, this is good enough. Yeah. Oh my god, the opening yeah. scene alone. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always like the reaction. It's, to, it's, like, right at the end of the movie, after he's, like, tried to shoot himself when his brother comes in, and his brother's reaction is just very much like, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, because it was just, I can't remember exactly what the line is, or if he just makes a noise, but it's very much like a bad, very badly acted uh, scene for him, and it just made me laugh. But that kind of also adds to the weird absurdity of the end of this movie, too, so it kind of fits. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cool. We have a couple emails. Uh, Mark says, I love Frank, I love Head and Lauder. He blends body horror with goofy slash dark humor and it always makes for a good time. I mean, that is, that is accurate. Yeah. A lot of body horror in both movies, really. But, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know if some of it's aged as well, effects-wise, but still pretty cool. Um, yeah, Head and Lauder, his movies are at the very least interesting. They're maybe not good, but they're, but they're, they're a lot well right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Justin says, triple feature with bad biology, question mark. Um, have you seen bad biology? I have never seen bi- bad biology, no. No, it's, me neither. It's, it's something else. It's Hedenlutter doing a movie in the early 2000s, and oh. it's cheesy, like, these movies, but then it's got, like, a lot of, like, early 2000s tropes, like, and hairstyles and stuff. It's a very weird movie. I don't know if I would recommend it, but... I mean, it is out there. 
dick with a mind of its own. Uh, <laughs> any of Aylmer's lines, like, what is up with the hello, man? Like, the voice on that guy is so hilarious. Oh, yes! The first time that he pops out and he just goes, hi, and then that's it. Like, that's yeah. his first line in the whole movie. And I was not expecting this parasite to even be voiced at all. I was just expecting it to be some, like, brainless monster parasite was... thing. But then he pops out from around Brian and just goes, hi, and I burst out laughing. It was so funny. Sounds like a Muppet. Yeah. yeah. He's not far Straight off. Straight up. Uh, I mean, this is the start of your new life, Brian. Life oh. on the calories, musical light in euphoria. <laughs> life in the pain of hurt or suffering. I just want to see, I want to know, like, what exactly was their, like, whole process for um, coming up with the, the voice for, for Aylmer. Because it definitely was, it must have been, I, I probably charts were involved, I would have to imagine. Because it's just too much. Uh, I liked the end. Like, he just had so many throwaway one-liners where, like, after he eats that one guy and Brian's like, is he okay? And the parasite goes, not bad, a bit underdone. Like, just yeah. random throwaway little lines like that right before the scene changes almost. Oh, they're just so good. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I like when Brian throws the lamp at Elmer, and then Elmer just says, "Tacky Brian, tacky." Yeah. <laughs> He's so charming. You almost want to just be like, "All right, just inject me with your drugs, and I'll go get you some brains." Yeah. Googly eyes. Yeah, yeah, those eyes. Oh my god, those eyes. The effects. They're so. Uh, or something else. Yeah, absolutely. With all the spiny spike, like there's really no reason for him to have those some of the stuff that he has going on. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, the design is just crazy. Yeah. I think, too, um, it was uh, John Zachary that voiced um, Elmer. He was very famous for playing a character called Zachary for the longest time. So. Um, best performance. Uh, Elmer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Everyone else is just kind of propped up by him. Yeah, I mean, I think by design he's meant to steal the show. So. Yeah, because Rick Hurst is very kind of blank. Yeah. Like, uh, his performance is entirely reactionary to everything Elmer does, right? So. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's supposed to be the everyman. Yeah. Um, best kill. Probably the blonde in the alley. Yeah, I was gonna say let's maybe let's rename this from best to just most interesting because that scene lasted way too long. Yeah, apparently <laughs> yeah. the crew walked out on that scene too. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were not down with making that scene. They walked out. Wow. I mean, I can see why. My husband walked in, of course, as he normally does during the most awkward scenes of the movies that I'm watching. And he turns over to me and he goes, is that some sort of weird silver blowjob going on? And then I had to explain to him the premise of this movie, which was also an interesting time. And then it just went on. Every time he turned around, that scene was still happening. Um, And the scene at the end where Brian is overhearing his ex-girlfriend have sex with his brother, that scene also lasts 
a decent amount of time. I think we get the point after the first couple minutes, but it just keeps going on and on. This movie's quite horny. <laughs> yeah, this movie's Absolutely. always movie. score. Yeah, that's why it's truly a Valentine's Day classic. <laughs> um, yeah, there was also the kill on the subway, which I thought was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I did put also, I just wrote down in my notes, uh, blowjob question mark. Um, but since I didn't already mm-hmm. mention, I also put well, down the, the subway kill. I thought that was also pretty well done as well. Plus, mm-hmm. the, the one that has the most stakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the one that means the most. It's the one that's, and honestly, it's the one that's the, it's the one with the least amount of goofball to it. Yeah, it's the most straightforward, but in a way yeah. it was also very effectively done as well, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that whole time too, I thought, oh, they're going to pull the typical trope of something's going to jump out of the last second and she's going to be saved, but no, they just killed her. They, they just, just did it. it. Yeah. 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 And then so, just left her body on the train as it drives away. This movie also had uh, Beverly Bonner, I think. She's in a lot of Frank Henlauer movies. She was all three basket cases. She was in Frankenhooker as well. And it's just sad. She passed, she passed away back in her 2020. But she was a great mm-hmm. actress. So. Um, yeah. Dumbest decision. Oh, gosh. I guess you'd probably say, like, anytime he was quote-unquote, like, feeding the addiction. But... Yeah. But it's it. I mean, Henan Lauder wrote this film when he was quitting cocaine, and it came from the feeling that he was feeling of the withdrawal to to coke. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is very much on the nose about being about drug addiction, and it's it's hard it's hard to um, equate it as a dumb decision because mm-hmm. it's more more of a compulsion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I can think of is that, that woman in the alley. Technically, yeah. she kind of got what was coming to her, because she was Absolutely. definitely taking advantage of someone who was very, very high on something. Um, well, she was very much sober, and she was willing to just, just do the deed. And that's, that's basic. That, well, that's not basically. That is sexual assault. So I would say that's a pretty dumb decision. Yeah. But, I mean, she kind of got what was coming, so. Um, I think it's time to score this movie. What does everyone think of for brain damage? I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. It's kind of fun. Um, oh, wait, no, we're going out of ten. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm letterbox mode. Um, seven and a half out of ten, just because, I, I mean, it's fun, definitely rough around the edges and, and completely ridiculous, but you enjoy it in that sleazecore sort of way. Um, it's enjoyable. Um, that I gave it best kill, but that back alley scene is decidedly fucked up. And especially the end of it, and like the brains on like the fly of his pants and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, holy fuck. This is this is. I mean, really, Hand uh, and and, and Lustig really kind of owned that that genre, yeah, that subgenre within horror. Um, and it's it's a it's a total classic. It's it's not up. It's it's not up to where the next film we're gonna talk about, but it's close. No, nothing beats Frankenhooker. No, no. 
Yeah, I would, I think I would go, ooh, I would go seven for this one. I would definitely rewatch this. I mean, it would depend on who was maybe in the room while I was rewatching it, because there's some scenes, like Steve says, that are just too gratuitous for, for average tastes, I would say. Um, but it's fun, and Aylmer as a character is actually ridiculous and fun, uh, and you kind of, you kind of, you, like, obviously he's a, he's the villain of the piece, but you also are kind of, like, along for the ride with him. Um, he's, he's quite the character, so I'm gonna go seven. Nice. Uh, I'll go seven as well. I was kind of teetering on a seven and an eight, and I feel like an eight might just be a little too high, so I'll go with a seven as well. I mean, still a good time. I do, don't think this is Hanuman's best movie. I still think Frank and Hunter might be his best, but... Yeah, still a good time. Okay. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at the Steve Dead and on uh, Instagram at the same. Uh, you can find me, Steve Stabbing, on uh, Letterboxd. Uh, I am on The Shift every week, Thursdays at 11 p.m. with Shane Hewitt. Uh, that specific time, you can catch that one across Canada. And uh, I'm now on a podcast called After the Credits. Uh, search that one out because it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my website, stevestepping.ca. Nice. Cool. Taylor, can you find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram, and occasionally I stream on Twitch under the username TechRomnomicon. I have a blog that I'll update if I do anything else fun on the internet. It's circeadec.home.blog. And I update scores uh, for movies we watch on the podcast, and every once in a while I throw another random one up there. On Letterboxd, my username is circeadec. Uh, yeah, I'm over at 3 where you can catch my reviews of the newest movies, like 80 for Brady, which I actually enjoyed more than I thought I would, and A Knock at the Cabin, which I disliked probably proportionally to what I expected. Um, so, there's that. And then I'm on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt, Letterboxd, Fatal Koala, feel free to check me out there. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.